Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I just uh, went through some emails and uh, checked some tweets. There is not a whole lot of enthusiasm for what the prime minister of this country had to say about the, uh, the death of Fidel Castro when Justin Trudeau called him a legendary revolutionary. Emails from our listeners were not exactly on uh, in agreement with Prime Minister Trudeau. There's not a whole lot of... Um, Enthusiasm for Castro, who um, murdered his own people. And uh, I know there are people in this country who are big fans of uh, Fidel Castro. I'm not one of them. Always sorry when somebody passes away. But I'm no fan of Trudeau. We're going to be speaking later on with uh, Ambassador Martin Collicott. He'll join us later this hour. He talks to us quite frequently on the issues of uh, foreign policy in this country. And Ambassador Collicutt was the director for Latin American relations with Foreign Affairs Canada early in his career. And he actually uh, went to Cuba and represented the Canadian government there. So that is coming up. I, I saw a story a few weeks ago. I decided to hang on to it until today because I want your thoughts on it. The CBC asked 20 people at random, from what I gather, at random in Toronto if they knew what the Grey Cup is. And then the second question was, do you know where it's being played? What percentage of the people they asked do you think had no idea what the Grey Cup is? The iconic piece of Canadian culture. More than 100 years the Grey Cup has been played. What what percentage of people do you think had no idea what the Grey Cup is? Out of 20 people asked, only two could identify what the Grey Cup is or had any idea that it was being played in Toronto. Why is that? We will talk about that in the next hour of this program. Dr. Timothy Ball will join us as well, Canadian climatologist. He's been challenged and ridiculed by scientists supporting human-induced global climate change. Well... Dr. Ball was a guest on this show a number of times, but not recently. Well, I understand that Tim Ball is actually now going to Washington. He's been invited by the incoming Trump administration to meet with the temporary head of the Environmental Protection Agency during the transition period, a man who also challenges the United Nations 
human-induced global warming argument. So we'll find out from Dr. Ball what that meeting is all about. And Donald Trump has either opened the door somewhat to agreeing with human-induced global warming, or he's still slamming the door. Not sure which at this point. We will find out more. Of course, there's also going to be a recount in Wisconsin. Jill Stein, the uh, or it appears there will be the Green Party candidate in uh, the United States has, it appears, put enough money together to be able to generate a recount in Wisconsin. She wants one also in Pennsylvania and Michigan. A lot coming up on today's show. A lot. We're going to begin with this story, though. And it's been bothering me, well, since I first heard about it. And it has to do with veterans of Canada's military who have been prescribed medical marijuana. We're talking about men and women who are dealing with PTSD, who are dealing with significant um, pain issues, chronic pain issues, which relate to, um, to injuries and wounds, perhaps, but PTSD is one of the core issues for which, at least I understand, that medical marijuana has been prescribed. Now, the Federal Auditor General has raised concerns that the program would cost them $75 million in calendar year 2016. And uh, $75 million. They said that in the first year, 0809, there were only five veterans who had been prescribed medical marijuana at a cost of $19,088. And from April to September of this year, 3,071 vets had been prescribed medical marijuana by a small number of doctors, and the cost was $31 million. So the feds say that as of the 21st of May of next year, they're going to limit the amount of medical marijuana the federal government will underwrite for Canadian military veterans from 10 grams to 3 grams per day, with a maximum cost of $8.50 per gram. And uh, the question is, is three grams enough for the men and the women from the forces? Ten is too much, we're told. Uh, The average person who is prescribed medical marijuana by a doctor gets, I understand, in the neighborhood of 1.5 to 2 grams per day. But the situation is often different for members of the military. We're joined by Sergeant Major Barry Westholm, retired. Um, Sergeant Major Westholm, 31 years in the Canadian military, including the Airborne Regiment. He was the Sergeant Major at the Joint Personnel um, Service Unit and, uh, in eastern Ontario. And he resigned from that unit over the what he saw was not being done for the men and the women in the military. It is there to serve their needs and to help them with Issues such as PTSD, and Sergeant Major Westholm resigned over what he saw. He's talked to us about that in the past. And, uh, Barry, it's good to have you back with us, sir. Thank you for the time. Thanks for the invite, Roy. Also joining us is Peter Stauffer, former NDP Member of Parliament from uh, Nova Scotia, strong supporter of the military for many years. But, Peter, thank you for the time. But I understand that you agree with the federal government's decision on this one. Well, no, I never agreed on it. All I basically said is that 10 grams from my initial interview, and thank you, by the way, for the opportunity, is an awful lot. But that is between a doctor and his patient. It's not up for me or anyone else 
to determine what a doctor subscribes to a veteran. My argument has always been, besides medical cannabis, is the veteran being offered other treatment programs to assist them on their path to wellness? For example, psychiatric, other medical services, nutrition, diet, exercise, uh, massage therapy, um, you know, uh, PTS service dogs, all of these things that are additional services in lo- and also in um, on top of medical cannabis. So that was my argument all along. Is the person receiving the other benefits as well? And, and of course, the one point that I need to make, if the veterans are using medical cannabis, that means that a lot of them are not using other pharmaceuticals, which means that the government is saving money on that aspect. So I'm not quite sure how they come about their figures. It'd be interesting when the uh, further details come down the road. Well, Peter, it seems suspicious to me. When the $75 million figure is raised by the Auditor General, and subsequent to that, the amount that the federal government will pay for veterans for medical marijuana is dramatically reduced, and the cost is immediately... Um, you know, the, the maximum is established at $8.50. It looks to me like it's at least somewhat, and maybe primarily, about money. It may very well be, but uh, again, I was never informed of this. I was never, you know, they never asked for my opinion on this one. It'll be up to the veteran community and the medical community to determine the best way to move forward on this one. Uh, but again, it would be the government that have to answer the motives as to why they did what they did. Uh, I know there's mixed reaction through the veteran community and their families right across the country, and it is something we're watching very closely. Sergeant Major Westholm, what's it about as far as you're concerned? What, well, what's this all about? I'd just like to speak to some things uh, that Peter brought forward, which are, are, are right on the money. Now, when I was in the Joint Personnel Support Unit, one of the things that uh, we tried to do as the staff there was to open up different, uh, different uh, holistic approaches to uh, trauma treatment. Um, but to try to do anything like that was a battle the entire way. Uh, uh, equine therapy, no, it's not, it's not proven, you know. Uh, there's too much risk. What if, what, if, what if the horse steps on a guy's foot? I'd say, well, he's got no foot. And they say, well, what if he steps on the other foot? That's even worse. He doesn't have two feet. He's got two, two fake limbs. Oh, well, those are owned by the government. We can't take that risk. And the same thing goes for the dietary thing, uh, yoga, different methods out there that, that are available, well known to be used, were denied. All these soldiers that were transitioning out of the Canadian forces into civilian life. And I ran into some great people that are, are pulling out all the stops to get this uh, treatment to the uh, Canadian forces injured people that are transitioning. Uh, I'm going to say a couple names. Natasha Scabol is one of them. She's been trying for years to get uh, holistic treatments uh, and different uh, treatments that are well known across the, the globe to our injured soldiers. The answer has always been no. Most re- recently, uh, Brenda Norley, she's been trying the same thing. Every answer all the time is no. And this has been going on since the inception of the JPSU back in 2009. So what's going on here, I think, is you're releasing people from a broken unit that's just not creative enough to allow things that aren't absolutely regimented. And then once they get out, they're on their own, and they're going to try to find something that that makes it through the day. What they found is cannabis. It works. And now what they've done, especially the way they did it, I think it's quite, quite cruel, is to pull the rug out from these people, say, no, that's the end of it. And I personally have never heard of any prescription drug being limited by a minister. I mean, if this was an opiate, would he be limiting the opiate? No. If it was a, a something for uh, your, your muscle, a muscle laxer, would there be a limit? No. It has to do specifically with cannabis. And this is not a new thing. 
the Canadian Forces always sort of looks at like, oh, this has just popped up and now we're unprepared. Back in 2014, uh, the Canadian Forces uh, hospital staff were ordered to research this, but apparently they didn't. So now what you're doing is you're seeing they're reaping uh, what they sowed, all this in action, all this sort of really abuse of veterans transitioning to civilian life. They've found way, a way to cope where the system failed them at every turn. It happens to be cannabis. And, and that's the situation we have right now. And now there's a, a shockwave going through the veteran community. Uh, they're scared. I, I watched one guy on, on um, Facebook the other day. His voice is shaking and he's, he's found something that works. He got off uh, very s- serious opioids. And now he's looking at going back. Um, I, I just honestly, I don't get it. But like right. I say, nothing like this is new. We've tried it all for years, and the Canadian Forces turns, turns it back on these people. And now, again, Veterans Affairs is pulling the rug from underneath them. All right, Barry, hold on, please. Peter Stoffer, please hold on. We're going to come back with my guests. Peter Stoffer, former NDP member of Parliament, uh, long-time, long-time committed supporter of Canada's military community, and Sergeant Major Barry Westholm who uh, resigned from the military, as I mentioned, because of what he encountered as the sergeant major at the JPSU. And what is this, what's the impact going to be on the, uh, on the CAF veteran who relies on medical marijuana to get through his or her day because of the circumstances they're living with, just described by Sergeant Major Barry Westholm. If you are one of those veterans who's living with a need for medical marijuana, and if you're using more than what the federal government says is going to be the maximum that they're going to pay for, which is three grams per day, or you're a veteran who just has a point of view on this, our number is 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. Give us a call. If you're a member of the veterans community and you wish to hear, have your voice heard on the decision taken by the federal government, when I hear that the Auditor General talks about $75 million and then compares it to what it cost the first year, 2008-2009, when it was $19,000, $75 million, that to me starts to sound like the federal government is interested more in the money than it's interested in the veterans. We'll come back. Intelligent Talk Radio. Intelligent Talk Radio. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So the federal government is going to reduce the maximum, not just reduce, but hugely percentage-wise, cut back on the maximum medical marijuana available to Canadian Forces veterans from 10 grams to 3 grams. But they'll pay for it. And they set the price at $8.50 per gram. And according to the Auditor General, I just have to repeat this because to me this is about money. $75 million is what the cost will be, says the Auditor General, by the end of 2016. $75 bucks To pay for the medical marijuana for just over 3,000 members of Canada's Armed Forces Veterans Family. And they compare that to the first year, which was 0809, when it was 19,088. And there were um, five veterans who were receiving the medical marijuana. Now it's 3,071 
With me is Sergeant Major Barry Westholm, um, distinguished member of our military veterans community, and Peter Stauffer, former NDP member of parliament from Nova Scotia and longtime and committed supporter of Canada's military. Barry, let me ask you this. What's the impact going to be on one, just take a, a hypothetical member of the, of the forces, or maybe it's somebody you know, What's the impact going to be? And you've talked to us a bit about what the reaction is to what the veterans community has heard. But what do you expect the impact is going to be on that person physically when what they what they require has been arbitrarily set at three grams? Even if they're using less than that now, they now know what the maximum is going to be. Well, they know what the maximum is going to be. Now they know the maximum price that, that's going to be covered, too. I mean, this is very unusual. I've never heard anything like it. So I think, as far as you know, a medical diagnosis of what's going to happen, I don't. No, know, no, but, but how are they, Barry? How are they going to respond? What's the people are already under a tremendous emotional stress, as you've pointed out to us. Well, that's going to that's going to increase, and you know, you mentioned a good thing about money, and I also, you know, I'm sort of curious about how much money the government spent in poisoning and poisoning an entire airborne regiment over in Somalia. Apparently, they don't talk about that kind of uh, kind of expenditure, but they're paying for it now. And those people that were in that situation in Somalia who had PTSD-like symptoms, which might be something totally else, have also turned to cannabis. So you've got all these great, great heroes of Canada who are now, who have found something to, to make it through the day that is under threat. Their medication is under threat, and so are they. Peter, does this sound to you like a plausible argument that's come from Parliament Hill? Yeah, to be to be frank with you, um, I honestly believe that the initial program, when it first came out in 0809, didn't really have any guidelines or barriers on it. They kind of just, I think that at the time, the Conservative government were just allowing it to proceed without sort of any kind of oversight or review process on it, or even a serious discussion with the veteran community, the medical community, and their families. And so this government now has said that after a review, they have apparently discussed it with medical professionals and veterans that this is the best they came up with. I really do not know where they got that figure of three grams a day or eight fifty a day. I simply do not understand for a second where they got that from. But in your question to Mr. Westholm that you had asked, uh, what I suspect the veteran community may end up doing is going underground or if they have to switch to pharmaceuticals like opioids, the government's going to have to cover that cost. So I don't think they've done and I say this in fairness to the minister, a complete 360-degree view of this entire issue. Peter. They should have actually, I believe, sat down with the general community at large, gone across the country, done town halls or anything of that nature with the community. Yeah, Peter, let me get you. Let me get you. Peter, let me get you to hold on, please. I have to take a break, a hard break here. We'll come back with Peter Stauffer, Sergeant Major Barry Westholm, and you. If you have a point of view that you want to share, 1-800-263-2428 is the number to call. 1-800-263-2428. Question you want to ask, point of view you want to share, 1-800-263-2428. Back with the Sergeant Major and former Member of Parliament right after this. If you're looking for real-life radio, you've come to the right place. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
Before the end of the hour, we'll be talking to uh, Canadian Ambassador, former Ambassador Martin Collicott, who was the Director for Latin American Relations with Foreign Affairs Canada about the death of Fidel Castro. And Ambassador Collicott did visit Cuba on behalf of the Canadian government. Mr. Trudeau, the Prime Minister, is um, receiving quite some criticism for what he had to say about Castro and Castro's, according to Mr. Trudeau's, accomplishments. With me now, Peter Stauffer, former member of parliament, New Democrat, uh, Nova Scotia, about um, Canada's military veterans and the fact the federal government is reducing the maximum medical marijuana they're going to pay for and make available to forces veterans. And uh, Sergeant Major Barry Westholm are with us as well. And it's uh, $8.50 per gram, maximum three grams or equivalent in fresh marijuana or cannabis oil per day that the federal government's going to pay. And it was the Auditor General who came up with a $75 million projection annual cost for some 3,071 veterans, comparing that to $19,000 in 08-09, the first year when just five veterans were uh, receiving the medical marijuana. Peter, I'm sorry I cut you off. You were making a point about the cost. Yeah, no, and so if... If the government did this for a cost measure, which it, it you know it more likely could be, um, I'm wondering if they've done a full analysis. If they do the alternative pharmaceuticals, what that would cost? And so the government, as Barry said, now needs to seriously look at a multidisciplinary approach to other services out there to assist the veteran and their family on the path to wellness. And in their review, they say they're doing. I would encourage them to talk to all veterans, the medical community, and those in D and D as well to make sure that. In future, they can get this absolutely correct, what the veteran requires between a doctor and his patient or her patient in this regard, and not an arbitrary figure that comes from Ottawa. It needs to be in direct consultation with the veteran community because there's many other programs as well as medical cannabis that can assist the veteran on their path to wellness. Wouldn't it be reasonable to expect that they would have done that before making this announcement? It didn't appear that, uh, at least from my understanding. No, mine neither. Veterans, it, it doesn't appear they did that thoroughly enough. Barry. Yeah. I also want to uh, mention, too, there's a window of opportunity before a person becomes a veteran, and that's with the Joint Personnel Support Unit, uh, up to three years, where uh, a veteran who, or a, a soldier that's going to be a veteran can trial a lot of different things to see how he's going to, to manage as a Canadian civilian in civilian society. But it's such a rigid, controlled structure that they don't want to sway, really, from the military conduct. The person still files in, in a regimental system up until the day he leaves. So that window of opportunity where they could have trialed cannabis under a contr- in a controlled environment with, for example, a, a chief warrant officer or a sergeant major leading the way and getting input from different, different troops in real time, they, they, they blew it. Barry do, you know, Barry, do you know of any members, any veterans who are in fact using medical marijuana and for, for whom the medical marijuana is a bridge toward living the life they want to live after their military experience? Well, for me, I, I recently uh, started trying it because I was getting so, so, so many positive reviews. I've got PTSD as well, quite severe, and I've got sleeping issues and a, a raft of issues I don't want to talk about. But... Uh, I'll say that it's a very complicated uh, medicine, and it takes a long time to figure out what's best to suit you. I, I mean, it's really uh, alchemy. You've you, you got to sit down and, and take your time to, to figure it out. 
and there's a lot of waste. I'll tell you that too, uh, because some stuff it just doesn't work. It, it's 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 not correct at all. Um, but there is value. Uh, there is value in, in this product. There's no doubt about it. It just takes a long time because it's not a, it's not issued like any other prescription. Why do you think you you're the one who you were the sergeant major of the JPSU in Eastern Ontario? You left. You retired from the military after you saw the disarray that it was in and the lack of proper care that the veterans were receiving. Why do you suppose the federal government made the decision it's made? Well, it's money. I mean, and here's the, here's the, the harsh part, to add harm to harm, while they're rolling back uh, the, the benefits for uh, medical cannabis, gov- uh, governments, uh, provincial governments across Canada are rolling back the prescriptions for opioids. And I know one person who has a perfect balance going, and now that person's getting their uh, uh, cannabis rolled back, at the same time, they're getting their opioids rolled back, which means a lifetime of pain and bedriddenness. I spoke, I spoke last weekend uh, with one of Canada's most prominent doctors, medical doctors, on this issue who has been advising, or at least in consultation with the federal government, on the issue of opioids. And I, and I said to him, look, we have a, an, an aging population, and with an aging population, pain is going to be an increasing factor and uh, when you have people who have significant chronic pain issues that they describe as torture, and they're living reasonably well with opioid medicine, what's the point of, of either limiting the amount that they can receive and, and reducing the amount they're receiving, which allows them to continue with their lives? What's the point of doing that? And he said at the time, he said, well, I'm not suggesting that doctors, in fact, do that, that they, that they reduce the amount that, uh, that patients are receiving. But there's this concern about opioids being, as we've heard, a critical mass uh, crisis in this country, but not for the people who have chronic pain meds for whom it's been prescribed, and they're using it in order to control their lives. Uh, and you're 100% it's a big issue. Yeah, it shouldn't be withdrawn if it's, if it's taken legitimately as a, as, as a drug that provides a quality of life that's far better than without it then for certain they should be, they should be afforded that uh, medication. Peter, one more question for you. Do you think that it's just too easy to, um, to target military veterans for these initiatives, for federal government initiatives, and just expect the country not to say anything? Uh, I think the country's appalled as well. I think we're a very kind and, and sort of generous country. Uh, the military's sort of a, an, an odd man out, and I don't think they know how to deal, deal with us. Uh, they expect we're being taken care of, and they put the faith in the government to do that, and sometimes the government missteps. This okay. is a, a fairly large misstep. Peter, same question to you. Absolutely. I agree with Barry. Uh, I think what the government needs to do is rethink this policy, go back to the table, work with the medical and veteran community to come up with a system that works for everyone uh, in, involved here. Because Barry is absolutely right. Why just cannabis did they go after? Uh, there's many other... Um, uh, pharmaceuticals out there that they left alone, and you got to ask yourself as to why just cannabis, and uh, that answer we don't have. But again, uh, you know, it, it, you don't have to reinvent the wheel on this one. You can work with the community at large to determine what is the best path forward on the path to wellness. And, and as Barry said earlier, there's many other treatment programs along with medical cannabis that can assist the veteran in there. And his idea of having those trials at JPSU is absolutely brilliant. That's where it should start. 
so that the, the veteran themselves and their family could know exactly what to expect when they become into the veteran community. And I think that would be the place to start. Peter Stoffer, I always appreciated the work you did as a member of Parliament thank you, and for the military, and thank you so much for joining us. Well, sir, I greatly appreciate it, and I wish you and your listeners the very best. And, Barry, it was an honor to be with you on the show today. Uh, I, I miss you, man. Always, uh, Barry, always a great honor to speak with you. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Sergeant Major Barry Westholm and Peter Stauffer on the Roy Green Show on the Corvus Radio Network. When we come back, we'll speak with uh, former Canadian Ambassador Martin Collicutt. He was the Director for Latin American Relations with Foreign Affairs Canada about the death of Fidel Castro. Stay with us.